Hi, I'm Angela Ardolino and welcome to Your Natural Dog, my podcast featuring in-depth conversation with the world's leading holistic veterinarians and pet care pros. Join us every week as we reveal natural alternatives to the outdated, one-size-fits-all pet care model we're used to. If you like what you hear, please make sure to leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. The only way we can get our message out to pet parents all over the world is with your support. Stop barking! I'm trying to record a podcast! Hey everybody, Angela Ardolino with Your Natural Dog, and I've got back one of my favorite guests, Dr. James St. Clair of Top Dog Health. He has been an advocate and an educator since 2004, and it's why he's one of my favorite vets. We're going to be talking about arthritis. What is it? How do we help our pets? Is it something that we can be proactive with or is it something that we have to deal with as they get older? So we're going to talk all about arthritis for our pets right after this. Stay tuned. Okay, and we are back with Dr. St. Clair. How you doing? It's so nice to see you again. I love having you on and, and just recording our conversations. I don't think people know that we have these conversations before the before we hit the record button. So we always have to go, shut up, shut up. We should be getting this on film. How you yeah, doing? Yeah. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Yeah, busy as always. Good. A little sad about uh, the winter season up here in the Northeast. We're not, uh, we're not realizing our full potential, you know, in terms Uh-oh. of snow. When you're a skier, that is... You look forward to it. Yeah, it's, that's not in your sauce, right? Because it is you're, not. you're a Florida girl. And it is beautiful right now, but we've already had, we already had a freeze. So I lost so much of my plants and, you know, know. breaks my heart. Like plants I've had for 15 years didn't make it. No so, way. Yeah, it's really devastating. But what we're talking today about is arthritis. And I feel like um, it's a very popular topic, but I want to talk to you about it because I've been diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, which is an autoimmune disease um, that attacks the joints. So I know about my type of arthritis, but I know there's a bunch of different types of arthritis. I, I guess, do dogs get rheumatoid arthritis? They do. Yeah, awesome. it's rare. Yeah, they do get it, but it is, um, yeah, it's definitely rare. Osteoarthritis. Is osteoarthritis. Is, yeah, yeah, that's the most common. So let's talk about what arthritis is, because I think it's really funny because the title of our episode is arthritis and joint pain, but that is the definition of arthritis is joint pain, correct? Yeah, joint pain and swelling. So what is happening? What is arthritis? It's a disease. Is it a degenerative? Are we all going to get it? dogs, everyone as we get older? So yes, we will all develop it if you live long enough, right? Um, That's pretty much, I think, guaranteed at the end of the day. And that would be the same for, for our pets, just because some of us put our bodies through a lot more stresses when we're in our 20s and we're inappropriately lifting things, uh, you know, rotating from that lumbar spine, that's in humans probably the most common place that the, the start of osteoarthritis happens, right? Where you get in the lower spine. But as I was prepping for this and I was thinking about it, there's a ton to unpack, right? So if we just break it down, there's some imbalance that is occurring inside of that joint, right? Whether it's a mechanical problem in the case of like a hip dysplasia, where 
you know, in that hip joint, you have this socket and you have this ball and there's a little ligament that kind of holds that at the top of that, that, uh, the head of the femur. And in some dogs that is, is not developed, you know, well and well enough. And so it's a little bit farther out. And so as they're moving around, it's doing this banging as opposed to this very smooth, articulation between cartilage and cartilage and that banging right then creates uh, damage and you know the body responds to go and fix that and repair it and you get this this cascade of inflammation that leads then into repair and i think a lot of times like the body is magical right it is amazing it is but when it comes to joint health, it repairs bizarrely, right? It lays down like new bony osteophytes, you know, is what they call them, which then just exacerbates the problem because it's, again, not this smooth articulation. You're getting this more. Is it like a scar tissue that's building up? It's actually a bony, it's a bony change. The body lays down bone, osteophytes, you know, inside of that joint. So is it, I remember kind of seeing this with Nina, my Doberman, that basically who had osteosarcoma in her wrist and it was just, uh, the cancer's destroying the bone and then the body's rebuilding it on top of it. Is that the same type of thing? So it was a hard bone tumor instead of something that was squishy or soft. Right. And, and then in dogs, like, again, the most common place, right, that they, that we all relate osteoarthritis to is going to be in the hips, right? That's the most common. And then you're going to get like a lot of the dogs that have sports related injuries like ACL tears or, or, you know, meniscal injuries to the knee, they'll get arthritis in, in their, you know, their knees. And are they getting it because it's an injury to a muscle. So then they're walking differently or doing something differently. Their gait is different. So then that builds up arthritis on the other knee or? Exactly. Yeah. There's this massive compensation, right? As they have four legs to kind of distribute their weight around, you know, they're, they're going to just add stress. It's just an, an increased stress, you know, in that particular one area. What I was going to say about that is like, let's say a dog who has hip dysplasia, right? The dog has hip dysplasia and because they've had some degree of low grade chronic pain in that hip area, they're displacing it. Whether they're trying to move it to the front end, it still has to travel through the vertebral column, right? And mm-hmm. so they they end up scrunching their bodies just ever so slightly. And on those dogs, you can lay your hands, you right? And just hump. run. Yeah, you get that little hump. And then they'll... The body in that, you know, the body knows there's a little instability in this area. And so it makes this little bone bridge as like, I'm going to stabilize this area, you know, through this arthritic bridge. Wow. And what I think it's amazing about, you know, these little old dogs with that hump is through chiropractic, I have been in massage I have seen a chiropractor get rid of that hump. And then, of course, taught me how to maintain it and keep it that way. I also love how, you know, people like you, rehabbers and chiropractics can look at a dog and go, oh, his gait is off. I bet he had a um, ACL tear back in, you know, in his young age that nobody even noticed kind of thing. One of my rescue dogs, my chiropractic said that. But it is really amazing. And I don't. I I think it's funny because, of course, people younger than us 
don't even know what it feels like. I am of a, I'm a 53 year old woman. I wake up every morning with something feeling achy or stiff, whether it's my neck or back or hands or hip or whatever. So I don't think that young people even understand what it feels like when, you know, I see someone who's had a dog, you know, since they were a kid and now, you know, they're in their 20s and their dog's 15 and they don't under, they're not giving it anything. And I'm like, your dog is absolutely experiencing some sort of discomfort. And it usually gets to the point of where they're like, he's not really getting up. He's not eating. He's not. No, it's because now it's so bad. Now they're stiff. It's worse, which I think is that's the probably the worst thing is that's the worst thing you could do is lay there and do nothing. Right. You got to get up and move, Move. which why I love what you do so much. And I know I say this every time I get you on, but your videos and how you educate and empower us pet parents. I can't thank you enough for that. Those of you who want to see it, you literally can. He teaches you everything on his website. So absolutely go. And there's more coming with that because there is um, there's there is a big need to go back. Look at it. How can we explain this in simpler terms? Right. Right. And how do we change like in our animal practice? This is one of the things I as I was trying to imagine who like my practice is a traditional Western-based practice, but we have a really keen eye in proactive wellness mindset, right? Awesome. It's it's how do we get in front of disease? And um, and we've taken that down a whole bunch of really fun roads. So we can we can talk more about that stuff. Yeah, tell me about that. So because I'm also like what confuses me is that I know that you're a fan of uh, chondroitin, glucosamine, and MSM, which, uh, so when I get told about a supplement, I also want to be told how to choose that supplement. Since Mm -hmm. I know as a formulator and person who creates supplements, they're not all created equally. So I immediately when, if someone like you that I trust tells me this will be good, I now then want to make sure I'm getting the right product. So Let's talk proactively first of when we would give our dogs those types of supplements and how the heck we know we're getting a good one. What is the difference? Because I'm sure what I can buy on Amazon is completely different than what I can purchase through you. Yeah, it's a tough one, as you know, right? Because in the world that we live in today, there is this ability for anybody to create a product and say Whatever you want. (laughs) Whatever you want in order to inspire that person to buy the product. And then at the end of the day, there's no real truth behind the science and the integrity on it. Most of those are just going out to, you know, these contract manufacturing companies and they're just saying, hey, put the glucosamine chondroitin, you know, together with MSM and it's a price point driven thing, right? And so it's like, how do I build a product for $5 and they can charge $30 because everybody else's product is $35, right? right? So it's this price point driven thing. And it's sad because it creates a lot of noise that the ones that are out there really working hard at selecting incredible raw materials from the right sources um, and understanding the science behind those, you know, that the difference inside of those raw materials. So it's, it's a challenge. I think that for the pet parents that are out there, one, it's get to know the company first is behind the curtain of the marketing 
Is there actually a company behind it? Is there a human being behind it? Is there a human being (laughs) behind it? Right. But if you find a product on Amazon, then go and search that company's website. Find out who they are, what their credibility is. Like, find out and see. Yes. I don't think people understand. I just found this out. That literally a new thing on Amazon is these companies, um, you take a, a huge amount of money and you give it to them and they start you a web, a store and mm. they go out and they look at the most popular sold products on Amazon and then they go buy those inventory and then just put a store out. It's unbelievable. The products, the crap the white labeling, which is someone takes one product and mass produces it and just puts everybody's labels on it. This is happening so bad in the pet industry. It's unbelievable. It's, it's like a big, big problem. Like a- everybody is literally white labeling the same shitty <laughs> supplements yeah. and the same food and treats. The same thing over and over and over and over again. Nobody is formulating, creating, finding those pure things. And that's why it's so important. If you do shop on Amazon, exactly what you just said, look at it, looks good, look at the reviews, and then go to their website and research and make sure that it is what they say they are. And if you can't find, for instance, in our case, a certificate of analysis for each product that is recent, that is a big red flag. If you can't find it and there hasn't been one, um, what are some of the things? So we're going to find a glucosamine, an MSN, a chondroitin. First of all, what three? What are those three things? We do our research, but what the heck are we looking for? Right. And I was just going to add to that. Make sure that the company actually, like, when you get to that About Us page, that there's not just a little blurb, right? That there's actually human beings behind that right. and that you you align with with who the, you know, you believe in them. You got to believe in them. I'm amazed. I go to, I get sent all the time. Is this a good product? Is this a good product that people send to me to let, so that I can check it? And I'm amazed. Not only does the product that even, doesn't even have the ingredients listed. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. how are they even, how can, how are people buying products that they don't even have the ingredients? It could be the best ingredients in the world with the worst preservatives or flavorings or anything in it that could kill your damn dog. So yeah. yeah, that the ingredients are important. And then yes, the people behind it, because you will, A, again, that's another good red flag. If there is no about us tab, <laughs> go to the next one. If there is an about us and it's a paragraph about the company and not the people behind the company, you're right. Yeah. I love these types of things. It's a marketer, most right. likely. And then in, in just the last thing inside of that is that there's this, um, there's this, shroud that they can put around proprietary blends yeah. right so it's like i can just say it's a proprietary blend and then never even tell you what the what that proprietary blend is actually made of right, right. <laughs> it's incredible or they could put fragrance which is mm. hundreds of thousands of different chemicals that are most of them are not good for us yes all right so we have to take a short break but when we come back let's talk about how choosing those three those three supplements when we should give them if we can be proactive uh, when we come back. If you're like us, your pets are part of the family. That's why at CBD Dog Health, we created a line of human-grade, full-spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friend's needs. Whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks, arthritis from old age, or even seizures and cancer, research shows that a high-quality CBD oil can make a big difference for them. 
Enter coupon code RADIO at cbddoghealth.com for 15% off your first order. That's R-A-D-I-O. CBD Dog Health. Healing naturally. And we're back with Dr. James St. Clair of Top Dog Health talking arthritis. And now let's talk about these supplements. And I know you have some incredible products, but let's just say someone is going on and looking for a glucosamine. What is glucosamine? Where should it come from? How do you know you're getting, you know, other things? The other thing I always see in these in the natural industry is things are just not potent enough. And the reason they're not potent enough is because if you make it more potent, it's going to be more expensive and they're just trying to sell you something. So I get told on a regular basis, you should have lower priced items. I'm like, that wasn't my goal. My goal was to make pure, amazing products, products, right? So what do we do? We know. We know it's good. But what the hell is it? How do we choose it? Yeah. So look, there are your three main glycosaminoglycans, right, that your body manufactures on their own. So um, that would be glucosamine, chondroitin, and hyaluronic acid as the three three main ones. So is it the same type of thing? Like, for instance, I'm learning all about phytohormones now, which, of course, I completely understand because I understand phytocannabinoids. So is it the same type of thing? We go out in nature and try to find the same things that our body would make and give our body those? Yeah. So let's let's use like chondroitin as a good example. Or even, yeah, so chondroitin, natural sources, right? You can get chondroitin from green lip muscle, right? Is a great source of chondroitin. You can get it from velvet antler, right? You can get it from, from that. You can get it from bovine trachea, which is, which is another, you know, rich source. So the one thing I would just say about that is in that world, I would always try to find something that was grass fed right? In that we don't want a really grain-driven um, bovine product. And sustainable and raised humanely and all of that good stuff. I agree. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing about the green lip muscle, right? Is because they have really built this uh, really beautiful, sustainable aquaculture industry that is regulated by that you know, New Zealand government. And it's great because then it creates guidelines, right, for all of those. So is that why it's all coming from New Zealand, the deer antler velvet and the green lip, because they actually made regulations and put out the best products? Yeah. Look what at a yeah. concept. Yes. It was <laughs> Manuka honey. Oh my manuka God. honey, say that's where we get our manuka honey. Yes. Oh my God, I didn't know that. And I was like, that so makes sense now. I take a, what a fascinating ingredient that is, by the way, just not the curtail, but I take a spoonful of that every day. Freaking bees make it. It's amazing. I know. I love nature. Sorry, we're getting off on a tangent. Yeah. (laughs) And when it comes to MSM, right, that's a slightly different, right? Because MSM is methane, right? So this is essentially in a, a source of organic sulfur that, we would get because uh, it's an atmospheric product. So this phytoplankton, they die in the ocean and their off gas goes up into the atmosphere and it mixes with uh, dimethyl sulfoxide and dimethyl sulfoxide and MSM drop to the, drop to the earth. And the plants and the animals that we eat and consume have that rich source of sulfur in them. We get How very freaking small. cool is that? Right. The problem is, is that in our world, sadly, right, there's, there is, um, 
pollution? Our food system. Well, it's not even pollution. It's just we've depleted the soil, yeah. right? And the animals, we're feeding them these very linear grain. You know, they're not out foraging, um, you know. And so that particular raw material is made synthetically. So that is not a natural product. Even though we call it organic sulfur, it's the organic molecule of sulfur. But it is created in an environment and distilled to its purest molecular form of methyl groups and sulfur. But because we are all slightly deficient in that, when you do take more sulfur, you get all of these added effects on what sulfur does for our body, right? It affects your immune system. It affects your, uh, the anti-inflammatory cascade you know, that we have. So that one's a little synthetic. I would just say in that raw material, you can only use one MSM that is in the world, and that is OptiMSM. That's the raw material. That company was just purchased um, by an, uh, a company named Balcam is the, the name of the company that uses it. But it is distilled. The rest, of, uh, the rest of the MSM in the market comes out of China, and it's made through a different crystallization process. So it pulls all of the the potential toxins that are in the environment into that, you know, molecular crystal structure. So there is toxicity to it. So you want to at least, if you're going to do it, get get something that's super clean, like OptiMSM. And how do you know? So you just look for the Opti? Yeah, you have to just find that. O-P-T-I? O-P-T-I, yeah. Okay. So look for that. And if it doesn't have Opti, then stay away from it. Stay away from it. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. And are these supplements that uh, we should give our pets at a certain time and age of life. Do we wait and start, you know, noticing that they're joint pain or, and I, let's talk about that. Cause I know a lot of people don't notice when their dogs are in pain. I used to say it all the time. I still say it every time I'm like, every time they come into my shop, I'm like, that dog's in pain. No, he's not. Well, how, what makes you say that? Well, A, he doesn't want to get into the tub and we have to pick him up and put him in the tub and I literally will show them. They just don't see it. So is it something that you give your pet before you start seeing the signs at a certain age or when you start seeing the signs? And then, of course, what are those signs? Yeah, so that's a lot. But let, let, let's let's start with what the important part. And this kind of brings us back to this proactive wellness mindset, right? Love so, it. Look, we have these beautiful tools that are available to us today. We have a lot of data that is out there and it's growing, right? I'm talking genetic data that is growing, you know, at an exponential rate. So for example, the Embark panel, right? So I try to encourage my clients to run an Embark panel on their dogs. And that's a D the DNA one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And one cool new little feature they added to it was, is now you can actually genetically get your dog's age in human years. So they can, they can like date your dog, which has been super fun, but. And I, and it, it is helpful because people don't see like Odie, who's 16 and a half still looks like a puppy. So right. people never can believe that he's that old. So yeah, I think it helps. So the other thing is like what people don't realize is that I run on this concept that breeds have needs. Breeds have needs, yep. right? We know a lot about our individual breeds, right? Because we have tracked them and paid attention to those breeds progression over time. We know that King Charles Cavaliers, 
right, get heart disease. But yet we wait until they show signs of heart disease to actually treat them. I love that you're saying this because that's exactly what I, when I, Nina was diagnosed with osteosarcoma and I learned that like one in eight large breed dogs are going to get osteosarcoma, not just Dobermans. I immediately reached out to all my our board of advisor vets and said, well, if that's the case, then why don't I start giving them a full spectrum hemp extract to prevent it from happening in the first place or at least help their body prevent it from happening in the first place? And they were like, give it to them as puppies, start giving it to them as yeah. puppies. So I love the proactive approach. Awesome. So on that, like if we bring that, we'll get out of heart disease and King Charles Cavaliers, but if you look at the OFA, uh, Orthopedic Foundation of Animals, they've since 19, I think, 74, they've been tracking, you know, the breeds and different genetic orthopedic diseases. Wow. Number two on the list, you would never guess who it is. It's pugs. Pugs, these tiny little, tiny little animals. We always divert, we immediately think, oh, hip dysplasia, that's going to be in golden retrievers. They're way down on the list, believe it or not, right? Or any of the other large breed dogs, some of them are up there on the list. But for example, we take the point is, is that you take your breed, learn what the genetic predispositions are, and then cover the downside. It's not rocket science here. So if I have a pug and I know hip dysplasia is number one on the list, then absolutely I should be focusing on nutritionally supporting that system. Amen. Let's shout this from the rooftops. Absolutely. Yeah. And guess what, people? If you're listening, it's not too late. So you got a pug, you got a King Charles, you can you can get that DNA test done right now and you can still make a difference, even if they are super old. One of the things I do on a regular basis is take really old dogs filled with disease and problems, take them off their prescription meds and rehab do natural supplements and diet, and I bring them back to life. So I don't want anybody to be freaking out listening to this thinking that it's too late. It's not. It's never too late. And the more you know, the better you're going to keep on getting. You know, I continue to learn. That's why I love this podcast, because I get to talk to people like you and continually learn about it. Yeah. Awesome. So be proactive. Find out what your dog is prone to. And it is true. I see Frenchies, pugs and remember these are very popular dogs pugs were like the thing however mm-hmm. long ago and there's a lot of bad breeding so you have no idea especially if it's a rescue what they went through before you got them um what yep. their parent what their mother you know what how was she fed and treated when they were pregnant so all that makes a huge difference so number 2 on that list would would just be that if your dog also and I'm going to just go back to we're proactive so we're assuming we'll go to the younger animals right but when that dog if you're going to get the dog spayed or neutered or the dog has a dental or whatever it is at that point in time do ask the veterinarian spend a little bit of extra money to just have radiographs taken right you don't know what you're treating if you don't if you like Get validation. See it. And that's it at any age? And when, I, when, when we spare or neuter a dog, that's always on the list. Encourage the people. Let's take some hip rads and just maybe a back radiograph just so that we know from the get-go. Is there malalignment or are Got they it. perfect, right? It's information. It's data that I can use. That was two. And then I think three for me is get nutrition right, right? 
get the nutrition right. So the closer we can move to raw-based nutrition and the closer we can get people to understand that lean bodies are healthier bodies, right? And I can't tell you how many people come in with older arthritic dogs and that dog has been overweight its entire life, has this inflammatory body, right? Because of the foods that they're eating. We got to get rid of that fat. We got to change that nutrition, right? And it's easy. You switch and it comes right off. I have more little fat shih tzus that just, you know, go down by putting them on the appropriate diet. And then they pop, right? It's like their true self pops out, you know, and it's such a beautiful thing. So simple. And I don't think people understand. I remember reading something that, you know, an extra 10 pounds on a dog is like an extra 100 pounds on us. And then them, it's like they're walking on high heels, you know, that everything is being pushed to certain things. And then, you know, not trimming their nails and they start walking different or shifting their weight. So all these things really make a difference in a dog. Uh, If someone does have an older dog that is suffering, would you have them first thing come in and get the radiograph so that you can see what's going on? I think it's a challenge for some pet parents. They they would instantly think that I was just trying to make money, right? Got it. So- Right. It's like, well, why do you need to do that? She's not in pain. All those things that you just said. So I like to prove it to them first. Right. So in some cases, I use more Western medicine on the front end because I know I very quickly can change their perception. And then once we do that, then I try to talk them into like, let's actually see what we're dealing with so that we can totally put a holistic, you know, approach around the management of it. And it also allows me to know kind of how the progression of that disease is going to go over time. For me, it's like you go back to the example that you said, when somebody, you watch an animal just walking and you can see the nuances. When when I see that radiograph and 20 years of experience of helping those animals get to that finish line with a quality of life, right? I know with that picture where I am in that, you know, timeline. And so I know how to curate it and kind of, I used to call it tweaking, but at the end of the day, it's just fine tuning, right? It's right. a constant fine tuning process. I love it. So these supplements, they're proactive. You want to give them proactive. If the dog is already suffering from it, it's what, going to slow it down and still help with deterioration? I just saw one of these animals in an appointment before I got on the call with you. The dog was 11 and a half, was super stiff, had all of the hallmarks of a very painful, you know, older arthritic dog. And so we started, you know, with traditional Western therapy and, you know, once I showed them that the dog, you know, was in pain, then we went through and started to work. How are we going to nutritionally support these joints now? Yes. So, and then, you know, how are we going to adjust the diet? How are we going to adjust the exercise regimens? You know, what does that look like? How are we going to support the muscles? Right, Angela, the one thing it's they don't understand that it's a muscle skeletal system. It's a system together. It's two. It's not just like that. Well, I guess you have the cardiovascular system, right? Those are two different things. But in the muscle skeletal system, the more muscle I have, right, the less I have to rely on 
my skeletal system. It especially comes really into play with the hips because the hips are like sitting in this sea of muscle. So dogs that have hip dysplasia in veterinary medicine, they'll go and do a femoral head ostectomy, right? They'll cut the head of the femur off to relieve the banging that is helping. And the dog will be relieved of pain. They'll have surgical pain, but when they get through it, they will be relieved of pain because they make this cartilaginous articulation between the end of the bone and where the hip used to sit, but it sits in a sea of muscle. The dog can go back to full agility, like live its life without pain. You know, so in the older arthritic dogs, I really try to get into muscle development as well, which I think is is a huge, a huge one. The nutrient in that that's had the most research is around the, the egg yolk, fertilized egg yolk. And the raw material is called fortitropin, and I think it's under the brand Myos. So we'll use that to put them into an exercise regimen and then help them nutritionally support muscle development. Cool. I'm going to start using my uh, fertilized eggs more from yeah. the chickens. <laughs> I yeah. didn't think about that. Cool. And how do you feel about hemp, full spectrum hemp? Because as Love you know, it. that is literally all I take to control my pain with my rheumatoid arthritis. I went like a whole year without having any type of flare up. So I was doing something right. And I know it was my stress was low and my diet was good. But how do you feel about that? Have you had any, you know, results in relieving the pain? And why I love it is because it's all natural and it's not going to hurt anything else and while it's helping your pain. Tons. I mean, tons. Yeah. It's it's like it's it's a part of the repertoire, right? You know, there are challenges with it, like recommending and using your product, I know what I'm getting, right? And the same thing with your products. <laughs> yeah, I know I know what I'm getting. We, that's the only product that we recommend outside of our practice. And it's not because I, I love you, right? It's because you actually have really validated, you know, proven integrity in the quality of that raw material. Right. And that's where you have to just start with. I will tell you that there's a lot of people that do come in that are like, well, I tried CBD and it didn't work. Right. And then obviously they've gone on to Amazon and they were looking for a price point driven product. But right. yeah, balancing that endocannabinoid system is a vital component to the entire plan, right? On trying to improve quality of life, you know, for that animal. And I and I think the 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 consumers over time have become more and more receptive to it, you know, which is fabulous. I know. Um, and, and they're actually looking for it now, which is even more fabulous, you know? Good. Yeah. I good. And it's because of people like you educating us. So thank you so much. You educate. I appreciate it so much. I could literally, I have 500 more questions. I keep popping up. Oh, I'm going to ask him this, but we're out of time. Um, if anybody wants to uh, find you, they can find all your videos and everything at topdoghealth.com. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Thank you so much for coming on today and Angela, it's great to sharing see you. what you know. Same. Yeah. Look forward to seeing you again. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please make sure to leave us a review wherever you're listening from. This is the best way to help pet parents like you find these episodes and get access to all our content. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Your Natural Dog and at AngelaArtolino.com.
Introducing MycoDog, an award-winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and bacopa monieri, made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in MycoDog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. MycoDog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code YNDPODCAST at mycodog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi. 